This is the Drunken Comedian Podcast with your host, Matt Hoss. Hello and welcome to the Drunken Comedian Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Matt Hoss. Uh, I refer to myself as Mr. Uh, Mr. Matt Hoss. Uh, uh, I feel like a school teacher. Uh, this is a, uh, another uh, installation of the Drunken Comedian Podcast, a podcast where I meet up with a comedian I like and basically we chat in a bar. Uh, sometimes the bar can be too loud, too loud for an audio podcast, some might say, but don't let that deter you. Uh, what I do is uh, I ask um, my interviewee amazing questions, uh, some silly, some serious, and we uh, we chat in, uh, and have a lovely discussion, and then I upload it for you to listen to. Uh, I, uh, I've been doing this for about uh, nearly two years now. Uh, they come out monthly, and this is November 2018's installment. And by goodness, what a delightful gift I would like to bestow upon you. I uh, uh, During the Edinburgh Fringe, I spent a lot of time interviewing uh, lots of fascinating people who are at the Fringe, people who I admire, and uh, the works I really get behind, and people I... Uh, uh, close friends as well and uh, I believe our guest uh, this month is someone who fills all that criteria uh, and that is the wonderful Maisie Adam. Now Maisie she was the winner of So You Think You're Funny uh, in 2017 and um, that allowed her to do her show in Edinburgh in 2018 with Gilda Balloon who runs uh, So You Think You're Funny and she is one of these people that is just naturally funny. She is gifted with uh, with the laughter to the point of where you're like, oh god, I wish I was that naturally funny. Uh, she she uh, she, uh, she has a candor and likeness, uh, and she has a gravitational pull that really brings a lot of people in, and with a lot of relatable stories. And uh, yeah, she's a, a wonderful human being, and this podcast kind of highlights that as well although in the podcast she does uh, she does go in a very a very st- a stifling anti-podcast rant uh it's 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 awful she is uh she, she she hurts your feelings listener uh but you know don't let don't let that distract you from the fact that uh macy's very fascinating and uh, very funny uh uh, uh, interviewee, and uh, I'm going to just get straight into this podcast. Uh, so please enjoy the fascinating Tombra of Macy Adams. I hope you're ready for our podcast today, and I hope you're ready for what we're about to say. Are you sitting comfortably on a bus or a train? Because we're going to go straight inside your brain. Get ready for the podcast. Yeah. Hope you're ready for the podcast. I bet you're ready for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're probably ready. Enjoy the podcast. So just before I start recording, we mentioned uh, going to a presenter mode. So I'm going to start a podcast very presentary, okay? Okay. Uh, You've got to tell me if you think it's professional or not, Maisie, okay? Okay. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Matt Huss, and today we have a very special guest. Uh, who have we got? I mean, the best thing about that is your face. Yeah, right. Which your listeners won't be able to see. Can you elaborate what it looks like? Uh, it looks like you're having a stroke. <laughs> um, 
I was very much reaching for the phone to ring 999. You know, uh, uh, fast, go that yeah. fast, you know. Yeah. Uh, In fact, I think it's beneficial that your listeners don't see your face when you do that voice. So, um, for, I think we should have, I think I'd, I'd be great on the radio because I just do that the whole time and people don't have to see the face, but like, I think it's... Uh, four hours, that, I mean, it would be like four hours yeah. for a presenter on the radio, four hours of that, that voice, that would be quite a feat. Uh, yeah. You say that, that sounds like it has negative connotations, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yes. you, you, you do that. You do you, hun. But welcome to the podcast. It's absolutely a pleasure to have you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and uh, so have you, uh, uh, we were talking briefly about podcasts before. Uh, I, do you listen to podcasts? Do you know what? I, I actually don't. I was having this conversation uh, last night with um, a comedian that I was on a, a gig with. And I, I can't, I mean, it's, I think it's great, but I can't believe how popular they are with people of our generation. Because in my head, it, it's just like an audio book. Yeah. Um, because it's not, it's not live. I hope I'm not giving anything away here. But <laughs> it's, it's not live. And I kind of enjoy, I like listening to the radio because it's live and it's that shared experience. Yeah. Everybody hears something for the first time together. Yeah. Whereas a podcast, it's all recorded and edited. Um, and they're great. There's some really good ones in it. Like my friend's... Are really into like my favourite murder and serial. Oh, yeah, and that kind yeah. of thing. My boyfriend listens to loads, um, but I I think of them still as like audio books. Yeah. Um, so as so I'm sure I will get into them. My boyfriend's given me like three to listen to whilst I'm at the fringe. Okay. Which which ones? Oh. Um, Do I feature in any of them? I'm afraid not. What? You weren't on his list what? of recommendations, Matt. Right. Which the interviews over. Yeah, like, I know. Why, why, Don't why? blame me. Blame him. Um, <laughs> one was a Formula One. One, which I've still not uh, listened to. Are you a fan of Formula One? Uh, I am trying to be. Okay, that, for him. That's that's. Well, I think he's given it to me more as homework yeah, than anything else. Love admin. Yeah, yeah. love admin. <laughs> um, and then there's one called My Brother, My Brother and I. I haven't I heard of that. You know. And I think they just pitch like stupid ideas together, and I do sometimes hear that, like because he plays them mm-hmm. around the house a lot. Um, but I'm going to try and get into yeah. them. I'm going to try and get into podcasts. Oh, how about the Drunken Comedian podcast from Matt I mean, Horse obviously, that's the that's best one. That's also quite a good one. Yeah, uh, that, yeah I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah, you, I've you, heard it's a really big one. It's it's uh, big in my yeah. my, my household. Uh, yeah, uh, which, is, which is the scale, of course, yeah. of, of podcasts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, like, so when you say it's like an audiobook, it, do, you mean like you, do you prefer having it like in the moment and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I think so. I th- I'd, it's not that I don't want it to come across that I'm against podcasts. No, no. I just, I, in my head, it doesn't, I can't work out why it's so popular with millennials. If you were saying that podcasts have suddenly got really popular with, like, my grandparents' generation, I totally understand that, because they still listen to, like, they still listen to Catch Up on the radio. Yeah. Well, and I, that's kind of all podcasting I is. I think, uh, my personal opinion on that is that I think it's because it's um, incredibly niche, so it's kind of like this, you can find things that are tailored to your specific That is taste, very true. I mean? And because the, the, the benefit of oversaturation in comedy and podcasts, um, the best thing about that means that there's a certain, there's like uh-huh. three shows which are your very core. Yeah. You know? So if yeah, you have Formula yeah. One, for example, good. You get yeah, exactly. Well. And you, you don't get that on the radio. Yeah, the radio exactly. is generalised. Yeah. It's talking about things it's, that it's everybody can relate yeah. to. So it's never really spe- specifying on any one thing. That is really true. Yeah. Whereas and podcasts, if you've got a niche area of interest mm-hmm. and someone talks about that for half an hour that's ideal for some mm-hmm. people yeah that's yeah you've persuaded yeah. me already yeah. I'm like oh I get it now 
listen to myths. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, um, but yeah, I think it's yeah, it's good because it kind of um, it, it's not just a stand-up show. You're not trying to write jokes; yeah. it's patter and yeah, yeah. And I think you also create friendships as well. Well, it's a one-way friendship, but like, like oh, the, but like, I, I'm a big fan of Ellis James and John Robbins. They have their radio show, and it is a radio show, but like. Yeah. They're very intimate, and you can feel like you're so part you of the friends. Like you you, you're a silent friend. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. yeah. I Which I can see if they're also talking about something that you are really passionate yes, about. Because yeah. I feel like that about some of the DJs on the radio. Like I listen to Scott Mills every day, and I do feel like he, he has little jokes that he keeps bringing back. And yeah. Like, and it does feel like you've made a friend. But, and that's him talking about general things yeah. every day. If you had somebody like that talking about a specific subject, I can totally see how you feel very included and very on board with with those hosts yeah well I think that's a that's a really uh, I I didn't know that about you as well Uh, so uh, but it's it's, honestly it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast because it's um, uh, even though you're Obviously, hate podcasts. You hate no. all podcasts. You hate all oh, podcasts. You hate all podcast listeners. You I'm, just said that. Sarah. Yeah, in, like, I'm not, we'll now be known as the anti-podcast comedian. <laughs> you know, Maisie, Which, the one that hates podcasts. In all fairness, I think you know. Uh, I think that you know it might be your you you uh, you know unique selling point. Yeah, uh, yeah, it might yeah. Be your my thing. new niche. Yeah, yeah. And then then maybe everyone will start to hate podcasts. I think that's my new Edinburgh yeah. show next year. It's just reasons why we shouldn't have podcasts. Yeah. But I'll present it in a podcast. Yeah. Form. Because that's clever. Yes. All right, kids, right, and calm it. down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is, um, is this your debut hour this year? It, it is. Yeah, yeah debut Edinburgh full stop. And um, Wow, so never been up before to the Fringe? Or? No, I came up last year for the Say You Think You're Funny competition, Which, but that's all yeah. I came up for. So let's talk about that, because that's like, um, this is like your origin story. Yeah, as well. yeah. So let's, um, let's talk about, because you've had such an uh, astronomical rise in your career, and it's fascinating to watch as well. Very lucky. No, uh, well, you've mentioned this off the podcast as well. <laughs> However, I, as I said, it's well earned as well. So Thank let, you, mate. Let, Let's talk about so you think you're funny, and, uh, and then we'll get to your Edinburgh show this year. Yeah. So, uh, tell us um, how long you've been doing comedy before. So you think you're funny. Uh, so my so you think you're funny semi-final was my twelfth gig. Oh my god! So I think I've been going. I think your heat is in something like May, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I'd had my first gig in October, 2016, and then maybe gigged like once a month. Yeah. Between that October and, and May. So as I say the, the heat the heat was like my tenth or eleventh gig and then the semi final two months later was my twelfth. Yeah. Um, and I, I was chatting to um, a few people about this at the beginning of the fringe. I, I I do actually think that that naivety mm-hmm. went in my favour because I was yeah. just so Honestly, Matt, I was just so grateful to be here yeah. for the semi-final. And it was on like the 3rd of August. The Fringe isn't even in full swing by then. Yeah. And I was just so excited to be here and seeing everything around. I just felt so grateful already. Like I, I genuinely didn't think further. I know it's really cliche to say, but I didn't think further than the semi-final. I thought, just go and have a, a nice gig. I didn't really see it as a competition or a big thing. Um, I just went to enjoy myself. And... Um, uh, I kind of I, I got through and then was like oh god and went back up north for the two three weeks and then came back up at the end of the fringe for the final yeah and again was just like similar mindset just couldn't couldn't quite believe I was there in the first place I just wanted yeah. to yeah. milk it for as long as as in milk my time at Edinburgh yeah. you know yeah. I went and saw about 
10 back-to-back comedy oh, shows. Oh, wow. So it's um, like an induction. Oh, thing. gosh, yeah. yeah. So, like, and again, not to be cliche, but I didn't think I'd win. Yeah, I, I was yeah. just, oh, if, if you're going to go all the way up to Edinburgh from Yorkshire, you might as well take a couple of days off work, and I, yeah. which is what I did, and I stayed at a mate's and just saw back-to-back comedy That's the next amazing. day. Because yeah. also, I was like, oh, well, you won't win, so it'll be a nice way to console yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did win, so I was just sat in the audiences, like, grinning like an idiot every oh day. Um so it was, it was amazing, it was, I still maintain to this day, it was one of the best gigs of my life, and certainly one of the best days of my life, and it helped me massively. There's a, a few prizes that you win when you win it, but I think the, the one that's been most beneficial... So, uh, for the benefit of the podcast, sorry, what's, yeah. the, what's, the, uh, what's the prizes for winning, so you think um, So you win, there's a cash prize, and then you win the chance to go to Montreal, which wow. I've just come back from, uh, yeah. just for last festival. Yeah. Um, you win uh, a spot at the Bergen Comedy Festival, which I believe I'm going to next year in Norway. Uh, and you get a run of shows at the Gilded Balloon, yeah. which is why I'm here now with my uh, debut show. But the main prize that's been most beneficial is just the title. Just, yeah. Yeah. You know, I can now get gigs that I would not have been able to get a foot in the door yeah. beforehand. I mean, um, I was. I remember just sending like really rubbish clips of me in like a really rubbish yeah, gig yeah. I mean we've all done them yeah. and you're sending them to these promoters like they're not yeah, going to like this whereas now I can send it and they'll be like I know it's a rubbish clip but uh, I yeah. wouldn't say you think you're funny I've done this man. and it's just it's just really really helped on that kind of front and also like the Gilded Balloon who run the competition have been so supportive yeah, like yeah. because as you mentioned I'm quite I still feel really new to it I still feel very naive and like baby steps in this industry there's a lot of people who even if they're here with their first year they've been doing comedy for five six seven mm-hmm. years and I'm still under two years uh, and I've never once felt stupid for asking a question to the Guild of Balloon yeah, or, yeah. Or, and, and it's that it's those little things that really make you feel a lot and more they, comfortable and they seem to have nurtured you in a way that yeah definitely like they've really looked after me and, yeah. and sort of held my hand through it which you really appreciate because it's you know stand up you're an act on your own you're not a theatre troupe so you've yeah. not got other people at the end of the day to, to talk it through with yeah there's no support act for your specific thing I, mean, I think there's a community it's um, a community sure but as in day to day when you're gigging yeah, you know, day, it's not the same person to come back and, and you're not talk driving to. in a car anymore. no 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 um, and it's not and it's just you that gets up on that stage and does your thing whereas you know if you're in a theatre troupe with someone or an improv group you can all talk about it, even if it's not face-to-face as a group chat, and you can be like, oh, today didn't work because we didn't get the time as well on this. With stand-up, you're just you're doing the show yourself, then watching it back yourself, mm-hmm. which is horrendous. I still can't do that. Really? Oh, it's the worst. No. I can't do it. Um, Why is that? I'd, I'd, you tell me. I'd, well, yeah. I'd, I can't watch it and I can't listen to it. I previewed my show like every other day for July. Uh, ahead of Edinburgh and then I went to Montreal for a mm-hmm. week and that was the last week of July and obviously I didn't do my show at all in Montreal yeah. and I was like oh, well just listen to the recording of your yeah. show because I've got about seven I recorded all the previews <laughs> um, and I was like just listen to your show on the plane back yeah. I didn't listen to it once because I, I got like five seconds in and was like no can't do no, it can't like, do I it think, I think that's such a see now I'm I can't listen to old clips yeah. uh, I can't listen I can't listen to um on my iTunes, I mentioned this in the other podcast, I've got like my really old, my first gigs on oh, there, and God. like they, so they start playing my songs, but nope, can't yeah. do that. And I think that's to do with 
I can't look about how bad I was. Yeah, However, but, and also like, I, I just can't look at like my physicality. I also don't like, you know, it's that age old thing if you don't like your voice when you hear it yes. played back. Um, so I, I just find That's it. That's why I hate podcasts. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to listen to this yeah. because I will be like, what? I'm joking. Obviously. What? I'm going to download it 18 joking. times. Um, Sorry, what? There was a oh, there was a gig at Montreal uh, hosted by Wanda Sykes where she does it. It's called like it's called throwback I think and she gets three comedians on and they all watch back oh their first God. gigs but they all like one of their first gigs but none of the comedians know which clip that oh she's got no. so they like just roast each other's um, early uh, stuff um, it's so funny but, but it's so funny I think but though if I've written a new show I kind of like listening back to it if I've, I've if I listen if I just gig and listen back to it I think there's a certain strength there because firstly you learn you learn what works so oh that's something that happened in there that I've been noticed or there's a little flickering inclination or I think you can kind of really kind of hammer down the details and yeah. like, okay this actually works oh wait but this doesn't end etc right, okay. and I think that's um, for me that's the best way to kind of work because you're not I, I like writing down jokes but it never really I, it's without the performance when you write you know? jokes do you write them in like long form yeah. Like word for word. You see, I, 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 I write like trains and I just remember that I've got a joke about no, trains. No, because like, well, it depends what it is because um, I, f- I, f- com- I, com- I feel compelled to write it out in long form. However, yeah. I remember it in my head for like bullet points. Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. I, I really struggle to remember like tidy pieces of nuanced writing in terms of like jokes as in like uh, one liners I find yeah. it hard to remember them uh, like certain routines require certain words yeah. or phrases however what I do my pro- like it's either crowd work which is just from the top of my head or stories that really, really happen to me so I know in my head so you, I, I know the narrative structure yeah. uh, so I uh, I write it down more, more more than anything else, just remember it and create a database. Because uh, before this Edinburgh Fringe, I, I wrote out every single roti- a routine I've written uh, since tw- at the start of 2018 and kind of just yeah. cataloged it, if you know. Uh, and uh, it just basically, so like, I remember there's other jokes or in the future, but oh, here's another joke I could mm. I kind of uh, click on. Like, uh, for example, I've got a couple of stories from Airbnb which I wrote down. Uh, like, and yeah, I, uh, some details I missed out or some details will be funnier in the future or whatever, but. Yeah, you can kind of like cut them. Because I'd actually, I'd never written down a show. Um, really? No, not before. No, yeah, wow, not before oh my God. So my first gig, I don't know if you know this, my first gig was 40 minutes uh, because I applied to my local, there was no open yeah. work nights where yeah. I lived up north and uh, there was a, a fringe festival in Ilkley and I just applied for that and they gave me like oh my a God. full slot. And, but I didn't think any different. I was yeah. like, oh, well, when you go and see your favourite comedians at the theatre, they do that long. Yeah. So I just wrote what I thought was funny and just memorised it. Um, see, cause, um, but, like, didn't, didn't write it out long, but I was like, oh, I've got a joke about holidays, and then just talk about just talk about holiday. And I just sort of did it a bit spontaneous. And I do watch it back, and it's not, it's not a tight show. I do, I do cringe a little bit. But still to this day, even if I'm trying, yeah. like, new, if I'm doing a new 10-minute thing... It'll maybe take up half a page on the notebook. Yeah. Like it's it literally. I, I don't write anything in long form, and I'll just do that same yeah, do that. ten minutes at new act nights. 
getting a taste for which bits were and I'll, I'll bin some jokes and yeah. then really hone on it but I don't write it down see I think this is the key difference and I might be wrong here but I think it's it might be the reason why you did so well so fast and I think you're a naturally funny person if you know what I mean I like that's a, what I was saying the other day. I'm not saying no I'm not <laughs> that made it sound like I was agreeing yeah, yeah, I am actually I, a very naturally funny person no um, I think that naivety went in my favour because I kind of didn't overthink it yes I exactly, wasn't sat yeah. there like scribbling down and, and going over oh actually should I put this word first or that word first? should I emphasise yeah. this word I was like just remember that you've got a joke about your French teacher and you know it's funny yeah. and if you tell it right you tell, and, and also my style is like I'm telling a story to a group of mates at the pub it's not I'm not a one liner comedian so it's kind of yeah it's, it's easier for me so as I say this whole like writing out a show was really alien to me and when everyone like my agents were like booking in uh, previews yeah and they were like, oh, you can take your notes up on stage. And yeah. so that was the first time I'd been asked to do yeah. like an hour show and I was allowed to have notes on stage. And if anything, I think I learnt my show slower than I learnt yeah. the first one because I was just like, I was, I was relying on the book. Um, yeah. So, um, and I don't, I don't write it in long form, so the book's actually quite... I'd, I'd end up looking at the book and I'd be like, of course, I know my joke on yeah. uh, Brighton is next. I, I find that so... Uh, uh, in fact... I'm admired, but also kind of like, whoa, it's crazy. Yeah, but, uh, it's probably like, and sometimes, sometimes it works. And then there the were previews where I'd look at my yeah. notes and be like, I've just written dad. I don't know what that joke's about. Yeah, because if that, that's, that's it, if I did stuff like that, I would just forget it because I got a yeah. awful memory yeah. like that. Um, so how was Montreal as well? How did that go? Yeah, it was amazing. It was, do you know what, Matt? It was it was great as a learning curve as well yeah. because. Uh, the taste of humour is, is similar but a little bit different as well over there so it was really interesting to see what they like um, my perspective was that they really liked the physical they, like any yeah. of my physical jokes they really really enjoyed um, they were a lot easier than the audiences over here oh my god like, yeah. oh I just had to go out and be like hello and they'd be like woohoo oh my god yeah, this yeah. yeah and then you come back here and you're like hello and everyone's just sort of sat there arms folded like we've laugh. paid money make yeah. me laugh yeah um, that, have you had experience with that at the fringe so far no do you know what all of my touch wood yeah. if I have a bad one today it's your fault um, if, it's because you hate podcasts yeah, mate yeah yeah it's karma coming back round no well, I've had lovely audiences every day um, but they the Canadian audiences were just they were really really lovely they and bought into it every gig was seven minutes so you know like here at a club gig you'll yeah. have like four or five comedians you'll have an opener doing 20 yeah. then maybe two people doing a 10 and one person doing a 20 at the end yeah. with an MC in between and that's it over in, over there it was like 10, 11 comedians all doing 7 minutes no interval just wow. yeah and the MC's job isn't really to like chat in between he does a bit at the beginning and then he just does like keep that round of applause going for your next yeah and it like but it was really interesting to learn because yeah. my experience so far was you know, club gigs in the UK, so... Just uh, as a side note, um, I love the Gilded Balloon and all that stuff. It's honestly... It's so they're, nice, they're, isn't it? they're great. <coughs> they're really, really... And that's uh, what I mean, like, the Gilded Balloon has just been lovely. Lovely lovely to have a show in and lovely to be doing a show for. Yeah. Yeah, really nice. Um, so, uh, I've got some uh, generic podcast questions. Um, Brilliant. Um, I hate podcast <laughs> questions. <laughs> and podcasters, apparently, yes. yes. Uh, so, my first question is, uh, how would you describe your act in three words? 
That's one. Oh god. Okay. Uh, how do I describe my art in three words? Um, anecdotal, nostalgic, and warm. I thought you were going to say war then, as no, I just declare war, declare war on the it's audience. It's very military themed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you, you do a. It's called Skirmish in that show. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, that's very interesting. Uh, why uh, nostalgic as well? Because like, so uh, like, you're quite a young person yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. No, so. most of my show is like kind of uh, stories of. of the youthful experiences we all had as, yeah. as kids. So, like, there's so a lot of references to the fashion and the music that we had growing up in sort of like early noughties, that kind of thing, late nineties. Yeah. A lot of the music, a lot of the fashion, a lot of like uh, the things that you do to so like your first festivals, first nights out, first like stories of when we first got drunk, that kind of thing. So. It's, it is very nostalgic in that way. What yeah. was my other word? Uh, well, you know, I think it's oh, uh, warm. Warm, warm and... Um, what was the other one? Warm and anecdotal. Anecdotal. Yeah, it's personal stories. I'm warm because my room is bloody hot. Yeah. It's so, how, so hot. How do you deal with that uh, warmth in the room? So we've got, right, the, uh, Red Richardson's off on after me and he's been calling it the comedy oven and he's not wrong. We've yeah. got like this big metal fan at the back, right, and that blasts it uh, all the way throughout. And we've got a small fan on stage, which does absolutely bugger all. And then we've had to buy, you know, them like little Japanese fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've had to buy those for the audience, like, seats. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. So, on the one hand, it's not exactly encouraging to see comedians doing that, yeah. like, wafting themselves. Um, to see your audience doing yeah. that, sorry. But also, like, they need it, otherwise they're going to pass out. Yeah. But such is the fringe. Yes. And uh, what's your least favourite thing about the fringe? Oh, I tell you what, like straight away I know my answer. Yeah, yeah. The price of the street food outside. Okay, like, street food looks absolutely gorgeous. I, I when love, you, when you finish a gig, you'll yeah. know this, you are absolutely famished and all you want is like a proper carby meal. Yeah. And they've got like mac and cheese toasties, like savoury crepes, they've got poutine. Yeah. That's all of the proper lovely hipster street food. It's like eight, nine pounds for yeah, a toast. Yeah. Right, and, yeah. But you pay it because you've just done a gig and you're like, the worst thing is, right, if you have a good gig, you're like, no, treat yourself, you yeah. deserve it. And if you have a bad gig, you're like, it's a good consolation yeah. prize. So there's yeah. no, there's no I, in between. You have it, you have the mac and cheese toasty regardless. Yeah, I think Archie Malik said, said a similar thing where like he's like, yeah, like, whoa, I want to celebrate. Or, like, oh, I feel sad. It's so <laughs> bad. Yeah. So it's, uh, either way, you kind of uh, end up being. Uh, uh, a mess anyway. Yeah, I came to the fringe being like, I'm going to eat really healthily, I'm going to get up at a good time every morning, I'm going to eat really healthily. I have, uh, because you've finished so late, I've then slept in yeah. every morning, uh, and I've eaten sporadically as you do when you're, because yeah. you're gigging, I'm doing my show and then doing like things like this beforehand and then gigs in the yeah, evening. Yeah. So you're just snacking in and between, so yeah. you're not eating and particularly. And you're like, oh, what time? Is, oh, it's one o'clock. Yeah. I'm going in between. Oh, yeah. it's just stupid. Like, like yesterday I was like running back from I was at the BBC Radio 4 Extra gig and I was like running down the street eating a toffee crisp at like 11 o'clock at night it's so bad um, that's great but hey but you know, uh, still got half the fringe left I can go on a health kick diet starts tomorrow we definitely aren't though are we no so, uh, no not a chance but um, my, my favourite thing uh, my favourite thing about uh, when I was like oh what's the worst thing about Edinburgh and uh, yeah, straight away you're like it's food, definitely yeah. food. Yeah, but like, uh, not not like they um, like nothing to do with the industry. Just you know, the do you know what? My experience with like the whole comedy side of the fringe and the industry has been 
nothing but lovely yeah, so far. I, think you've had I feel a, a bit suspicious. Yeah. Like, any, any minute now, I'm going to be like, oh, this is what everyone's bitching about. But, but then again, yeah, I think you've, also, you've had quite a high rise in comedy. And, and that's not, I, I think you might have uh, fast tracked through oh. some of their shitty open mic stuff. And, I think uh, so. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've, yeah, like, yeah, I have course. done yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. shitty and, open mic uh, stuff. That wasn't me negating oh, what no, no, you've no. been through, but like, uh, yeah. Um, but also, like, I, I don't, I'm not one for going to like the big massive parties and all that. Like, I don't, I'm not yeah. living with comedians here. And that's not like a thing against comedians. But I think when you're here for a month and all you're doing is comedy every day, and then even when you're not doing comedy, you're doing things like this and talking about comedy. Yeah. And you're constantly bumping into all the comedians in the street and saying, oh, how's your show going, mate? Yeah, all right, thank you. I do want to just get home and just switch yeah. off and, and, and calm down. So my experience of the fringe is kind of only with the people I want it to be with you know yes. I, I've got a select a, a small group of mates that I'll hang out with um, but I'm not exactly like a uh, you're a, not like a, a party social butterfly no. you don't want to see everyone but the people you do see are no. significant don't get me wrong I love a party yeah. I love a party what? but I'm not one for like um, I'm not here to know everybody and anybody yeah. like I know who I know and I'm quite happy with that and I'm, I'm here to do my show at the end of yeah, the day I'm yeah, not here we, to we working, get free you know. drinks on an evening yeah. that's not what I'm, well, you get free I, mean, drinks. I, I mean I will accept a free drink if anybody's Oh, it's a uh, oh you're, you're so high and mighty. Yeah. Oh, look at me! I I get drinks paid for me, not from that horse. I have to I have to do podcasts. Get not even that's because you do podcasts. Yeah, stop the anti podcast. I'm, I'm joking. You know I don't think it is. You know, you know when like no, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what is the worst gig you've ever done? Oh, easy, easy. <laughs> Again, another quick answer. Easy. I like it. it was something like gig number three. Third or fourth gig, right? Um, I'd done that first one in Ilkley, done another one in the Otley Labour Rooms, and then uh, this woman got in touch with me and was like, "It's an outdoor festival sort of thing." Oh, that's and I was like, already, Brilliant. already. Yeah. And they were like, "We've got other musicians and uh, other acts coming on, and we'd like you to compare to MC the." Wow. And I was like, "Brilliant. Okay, cool." And they gave me this uh, address, and I looked it up on Google Maps, and it was like right in the Yorkshire Dale. Do you know Men with Hill? Oh, uh, no. with Hill is, like, it's a big American air base yeah. in the Yorkshire Dales. Like, it is massive, okay? And, like, you've got, um, like, American military living yeah. on site there. It's, it's huge. It's got, like, its own bowling alley, yeah, but yeah. maximum security. And uh, I got, like, the address, and I was like, this is just on the road of Menwith Hill. Like, there's no... Bi- I'm, I've driven past that, like, when we're on a walk in the Dales, and mm. there's no, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. building there. And they were like, oh, but they are pitching up a, like, stage and a tent and everything. So I turn up. And it's just a gazebo. It's a gazebo <laughs> yeah. with like a raised platform. And then there's like I think I've done this gig. It, and it's and it's not a festival, it's yeah. a rally. It's yeah. a protest rally against against the American base. Okay, yeah. Right? It, at least it wasn't for them. So I've got to introduce all the other acts and do a bit of stand up. All of the acts are protest acts. There was a girl who got up there in like a socialist beret and she sang a song to the tune of uh, Tidings of Comfort and Joy, Comfort and Joy. But she sang Tidings of trident and bombs, trident and bombs. I tell you what, I was like, and I was like, how do you? That, that could be tighter, you know. And like they, a... they'd also been like, oh, and we'll pay you. Uh, I can't even agree the, uh, remember the price to be agreed. It wasn't more, you know, it's like yeah. 20, 30 quid, yeah. something like that. And I was like, all right, okay, perfect. And I got up there and was like, this is just ridiculous. Everybody there was absolutely bats. Yeah. Uh, or like really, really aggressive, like just waving their flags yeah, the whole yeah, time yeah, yeah. at the. Um, Security on the ba- on the gates of the base. So the the organisers didn't tell you it was a protest. No, 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 no. 
and I, I get up there and do a bit of observational comedy about yeah. like playing the recorder in year four. Um, I'm just thinking, get through it, get through it. Introduce the other actor, yeah. that thing. Eventually, I'm like, right, I've done my thing. Go and get, go and get the woman to, to pay you. I said, I'm going to nip off now. Can I, can I get my payment? She was like, oh, we haven't actually made enough money on our cake stall uh, to, to pay you, so I'll give you a free mug oh instead. God. So I have. I, I, I kept it as like a don't ever do a gig that bad again. Yeah. And it's a, it's a mug that says campaign against Menworth Hill Airbase. Yeah. And that was my payment. Was a mug, yeah. an, anti- an anti-American base mug. See what you want about the American army, but at least they have a you know good budget, you know. Yeah, exactly. And also, I've been to that American base, like, uh, so you can only go in there if one of your parents, like, yeah. if you if you know somebody who works on the inside. And I used to go to school with a girl whose dad was in the. Uh, I think he was like a security guard there. So she had a birthday party there. And we went to like the bowling alley, had like a big pizza thing. And everything. It was amazing. I love it. I'm not against it at all. It was just, oh, just the worst. I'm getting flashbacks. Yeah. Horrible. So it's quite ironic for you hearing PTSD about American airbase. Oh. Uh, anyway, um, I'll ask you some uh, new questions. Okay. Uh, okay, are you ready for this? Yeah. Um, what type of comedy have you tried but you weren't that good at? Or what routines uh, did you try but ne- audiences have never really liked? Oh, that's an interesting question. What type of comedy? Like, have you ever tried being deadpan or like... Um, oh. Yeah, I, I've i tried one-liners and it's just not me. Yeah. Like my style of comedy is an anecdotal storytelling kind of... Yeah. Uh, like I said to you, like, I'm, like I'd be... A, telling that story at the pub to my mates yeah. um, and I tried doing a few one-liners not deliberately but just I yeah. thought of them and was like oh I'll try that but because my story's so storytelling yeah. then when you drop a one-liner it's people are a bit like a gear shift, yeah. isn't it? so, oh. so I do still keep some of them in like there's a few in my thing but I kind of have to make it apparent that I know it's a rubbish joke afterwards do you know what I mean yeah. and also make it look like I've just thought of it yeah. if I look like I've come with a pre-planned one-liner it's just not it's just not what they buy into so uh, I am um, I've been watching uh, I'm, I'm doing the tech for Laura Lexi's show this year and for what she does to kind of get these things that can be used as one-liners however yeah. she kind of infiltrates it into her set so it's like these really strong punchy jokes but they also work in the, the arc of the storytelling as yeah, well yeah. so I think that's the kind of that's the dream if you want uh, to have that kind of storytelling thing but with those punchy jokes well. yeah so yeah. That, uh, the stru- what I struggle with my joke is that it's all heavily reliant on context and stuff like that it's not just yeah, uh, yeah it's it's beyond it's, it's beyond like just a, a set of punchline if you know what I mean yeah and also with my material being quite storytelling I sometimes struggle with I'll get to the end of the story and it it's funny, but it's it's funny and and uh, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. So it, I get to the end of it, and people are like, "That's a funny story." Yeah. Whereas I quite like it when it's funny, and people are like, "That's a funny story." And then there's a twist on it. Yeah. In fact, I used to. I, I've got this bit in the show, and it used to have just one of those endings. It, it, there's a bit in my show, and I, I had this ending where it was like, "That was a funny." You, you would get to the end of it and go. That was a funny story, mm-hmm. and I did it at New Material Night, and Jeff Norcott was there, yeah. and he came up to me afterwards, and he was like, "Try this at the end," and he gave me the line to say, yeah. and I've done it, and it's the biggest, it's the biggest laugh of my show. Oh, great. So I owe Jeff Norcott one. I'm, he's got a show here this week, so I'm hoping to see him and yeah. be like, "Thank you for giving me that yeah. last laugh," because it, it was, a, it was a fine story. It worked, 
but he made it so that yeah it's another yeah it's that's another thing. thing is I've learnt like don't be too precious about your material yeah, like yeah. be open to advice obviously sometimes you get absolute wrong ends giving you advice and you're like well I know not to take yours yeah. but you're either like I've seen your stand up and I don't need your advice <laughs> or it's people who don't even do stand up yeah, like yeah. I did a preview and this bloke uh, emailed me via my website afterwards and it was like good show first of all the preview went really well like it was a really good one and he went good show your story about the didn't feel like there was enough room to laugh in it like I've done that bit that story yeah. hundreds of times and there's I'm not being big headed yeah. but I know when there's I know when there's a dry patch yeah. in, in your comedy you know yeah, don't you because yeah. you're like oh it's they're lulling and that wasn't the case and then I knew he was an absolute wrong because he then was like uh, my, st- my show is a little bit about the fact that I'm epileptic and he was like by the way uh, if you want to do some if you want to do some test some like ad- like testing for epilepsy uh, you can go to this research where they like basically use you as a guinea pig yeah. and they're like if you want to do this they pay you to, to and I was like who, who comes away from some of these comedy shows? Yeah. Like, do you know what they'd like to hear? Uh, my feedback, and then I'll send them a link to be a guinea pig on an epilepsy yeah. trial. Like, just wait. But then you have people like Jeff who you're like, no, nah, he knows what he's talking yeah, exactly. about. Do you know I what I mean? You've got to pick and choose. It's like, yeah, I think you've got to have that strong filtration system of knowing who's, who to listen to, who not to listen mm-hmm. to. Because, uh, again, some, uh, I, I remember getting a lot of feedback uh, from open mic comedians from mm-hmm. like, who. You know, they have been open mic comedians for years, you mm. know what I mean? So I think you've got to kind of And yeah. some are great, but some some are and also don't be don't be precious about asking like yes. other comedians did that work. I I did a gig with um Mark Simmons, who's yeah. a great one liner yes. comedian. And we got talking about something in the green room and somebody made like a uh, a double entendre kind of joke and he was like, Oh there's a joke there, isn't there? And he tried to like work it out and I think I can't even remember what the joke yeah. was but it, it was okay yeah. and he said it and he was like is that alright and we were like mm, it's it's okay but he he was right to just sort of but swallow he, his pride and just go does that work yeah but he's, he's I think he does really in fact before the fringe he, he did uh, uh, jokes that should uh, I'm not sure about uh, yeah. and, and he literally and he literally was democratic about yeah. it so and some were great, some weren't. And and, and Mark Simmons is actually uh, an excellent comic to like in terms of joke writing. He's one of these people that great. he knows his uh, nuts and bolts. You know what I mean? And he uh, he's a good he's a good egg in terms of like uh, in terms of if if you can kind of get, you know if you can get his approval on something. That's yeah. You know, that's a good thing. Also, he's just quite. Um, I think it's good that he's not so precious about stuff that he's like, no, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to have people tell me that that's not a good enough joke. And, and I think you need to be willing to compromise as well. Of so in terms of, again, you can't be like, oh, I love this punchline. Uh, if it doesn't work, you got to yeah. change it up. And, uh, yeah, I had a joke. I can't even remember what it is now, but I had a joke that I was ri- I thought was hilarious. And I was like, maybe I'm just saying the rhythm of it wrong. And then I was like, maybe I'm just not setting it up enough. I tried it loads of different ways. And at the end of the day, it just it just didn't... It, it wasn't something that clicked with people, so you have to get yeah. rid of it. Yeah, you can't yeah. be too precious about your material. If something's not getting yeah. the laugh, then it's got to go. I, uh, I've got a question for you now. Right. Are you up for a, for, for a question? <coughs> Were uh, the others not questions? No, but like, I've got like a one from the specific... Were they rhetorical book? and I've just been blabbling yeah. on? Yeah, imagine that's just a rhetorical podcast. Yeah, actually, it was just a statement, but anyway. Uh, okay, you were technically correct, because uh, the other things were questions. However, this is a question from the book, which uh, right. is okay, one of the podcast questions. I see, I see. Um, three men and a baby scenario. Yes. If you had to raise a child with two other comedians, 
who would you pick? Oh, that's such uh, but, a good question. But who would be the funniest? Who would be the best actual parent? And who would earn the most money? So I've got to pick two comedians. Yeah. Um, I would pick... Oh, God, that's so good. Right, David Adokate. Good choice. Because yeah. he has been my comedy dad. Really? So you think you're funny. He's been my comedy dad. He was one of the judges, and he's just lovely. Like, yeah. And he's done stuff that he doesn't have to do. Like, yeah. He could have very easily just been very nice to me on that day and then been like, best of luck, mate. But he drops me a text every now and then just to check out. And he's also really bloody funny. And... Uh, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but he looks like a dad. Like, he just looks very dad-like. Yeah. So, he, he, he'd be a good comedy parent, I think. And funny bones, yeah. isn't he? So, and then I would probably pick, also, um, I'd pick Louisa Omulan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't know if the baby is a baby boy or a baby girl, but if it's a baby girl, I want oh, to grow up feeling yeah. empowered and strong and independent and I don't think you cannot feel those things when yeah. you go and see Louise's show. Yes. So and also we get her dog as well. And she has a dog? We, um, does she have a dog? She has this massive like, I think it's like a Bernese mountain <laughs> dog. It's, actually, she brings it on stage with her. Oh my God. Oh, it's massive. It's like a small horse. <laughs> um, yeah, and I want a dog as well. So I would pick David Doherty and Louise Omulent. And then what was it? So who, out of those three, yeah. who, who would be the funniest, who would be the best actual parent, and who would earn the most money? I think David would be the best parent. Okay. I think Louisa would earn the most money. Okay. Because she's got good merch. She's got very yes. good merch and Very as well. loyal fans. A very loyal fan base. Uh, what does that leave me as? Funniest. Well, so you think you're funny. <laughs> Oh, that's such a wanker thing to say, isn't it? Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> wow. That. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, here's the one um, I don't have a lot of faith in, but I'd say it anyway. When you've been on stage, what's the most mundane thing you've ever thought about? When I've been on stage, what's the most mundane thing I've ever thought yeah, about? Cause I, yeah, because I, I, the example I tell is uh, I, when I've been on stage, I always think about which way I'm going to go home and on which roads and if there's Do any diversion. Matt, are you not like, no, that's so bad. No, it's... Are it's, you not just thinking like about your set? Well, I do, I do like, well, you know, that as well. But it's just like anything that just pops into your head. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot to remember to do that. No, I've genuinely never had that. No, when I'm performing, I'm thinking of the next joke, mate. Like, I'm a pro. You're the, you know, you're the first person to... Uh, uh, oh, I see. No way. Yeah, what, you drift off? No, I don't not drift off. You just have a thought. Like, oh, yeah, remember to uh, get the uh, keys out the fridge or whatever. Not keys out the fridge. But that's Last night, I did a gig at this BBC Radio 4 extra thing, and it was a very Radio 4 audience, and a woman on the front row... I saw and was like, oh my god, that's Judy Murray, Andy Murray's mum. Yeah. And then I kept sort of, I, I was doing my material, but kept wanting to check to see if it was Judy Murray. See, it that's was, what I mean. So yeah. maybe yeah. that, yeah. but it wasn't Judy Murray. And then when I realised it wasn't, I was like, oh, and I did, actually, yeah, you're right, I did sort of feel myself having this whole thought of like, oh, she really does look like Judy Murray there. And I was like, Mace, concentrate on your material. I'm there chatting about, like, my GCSE French teacher, but my head is getting, my mouth's saying all of these jokes, and my head is like, that might be Judy Murray. You know what? A minute ago, you judged me very harshly. Yeah, I know, I know. You, you, you berated me. You, you insinuated, you know, I wasn't professional, but, you know, the shoe was on the other foot. I know, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, podcast listeners, she's offended you in more uh, ways. I actually have. I yeah. said that podcasts are rubbish, that you're 
you're unprofessional for, for floating off and that I'm the funniest person. Yeah. I, oh my I God, mean, I'm going to come across like such a tit. I'm going to edit out all the good things that you've said. So, and it, just, just, so it just comes across yeah. like proper Ron Burgundy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. What song would be your best walking music ever? Oh, I've actually made a playlist for um, Edinburgh. Good. It's 40 songs long, so that when you put it on shuffle, it's not the same one every yeah. day. Cause uh, Gronya Maguire, who's on before me, yeah. she walks out to the same Taylor Swift song every yeah. day, and it's great, but I don't know how she can do that. I, yeah. I would just be sick of it. Uh, um, what is a good one? I bet you look good on dance floors, a good one to go out on to. Uh, 5446 was my number. It's by Toots and the Maytals. It's the, um, it's the song that is in the opening credits of This Is England. Okay. It's really good. Okay. It's a good song for, maybe not walking, but like when your audience are coming in yeah, and sitting down, just reason. getting them in like a good, a yeah. good mood. Yeah. Um, this is a debut question. So, okay. Uh, what is your favourite best of album? Best of album? But it doesn't necessarily have to be... Uh, are you into music? Of course, yeah, yeah, massive fan. Uh, it's probably um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers' greatest hits. Yeah. It was like one of the first CDs I bought. Yeah. I think the first CD I ever bought was uh, Maroon 5's Songs About Jane. Okay, yeah. Close followed by the Black Eyed Peas' Elephant. And then I had this Red Hot Chili Peppers CD. It was greatest hits. And the first song on it, on it is Under the Bridge, which is like my second favourite song of all time. Okay. Uh, it's got Give It Away on it, and by the way. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful quite album. Quite Re- yeah, really, really lovely album. I'll just I'll keep ask you some more questions if that's alright yeah they're good questions uh, here's one I'll try uh, okay here's a silly question okay if you could bring a single comedian to a desert island who would you kill first what, what? yeah right it oh, goes yeah. around the corner it really it? does wow right. so is this, no. this is no. a comedian that I bring to an island but I would have to kill at some point yeah Matt, you're such a psycho for asking that. That's Wait, not a normal question. What? Isn't, it's supposed to be uh, like a little, like, you know, a little... Because uh, straight away I was like, oh, the comedian I would bring would be Joe Lysett, because you would just have the best time. Yeah. Um, well, you don't but have I couldn't time. kill Joe yeah, I, You know what, Maisie, you seem like a very nice person, so I, I'll rescind the, the desert island thing. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, you only have to kill him if you want to, okay? It's not, it's not compulsory. There's anymore. no comedian that I would want to kill. Like that, <laughs> That's why that I is such an own goal of a question. There's no way I can answer that without offending one uh, person, is there? There's always an but answer. I would like to go to a desert island with Joe Lysett. <laughs> Definitely. He makes me laugh so much. And I can't believe you want to kill him. It's really... <laughs> 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 Sorry. going to edit it like, and who do you want to kill? Joe Lysett. Yeah. Joe Lysett. Yeah, 100%. Um... Who is the most famous person you've worked with? No, actually, no, you, that's, you're too nice for that question. Uh, um, so, some of them are just silly. Um, all right, how about this? Uh, okay, I feel I feel sorry about that. I, I, you know, you're the first person to uh, not name a comedian. So uh, maybe, maybe you're the nicest one. Say that there you us. go. Say I'm not a knobhead. I didn't say that. But mm. uh, all right, I'm gonna get very deep and philosophical oh, here. Great, I love found it. Uh, uh, some deep and philosophical questions on the internet and. Uh, I don't think they are deep and philosophical, but I want you to kind of give like a, like a one or two word answer to answer it, okay? For a philosophical question. Do aliens exist? See, this is a feature I don't really like, and it's never really worked, but I like saying it anyway. You don't like, say. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll ask you another one. <clears throat> uh, what is the best moral system? 
the best moral system. See, this is yeah, this is why I like it because it's, it's just basically I'm, you're, you're. I'm so confused. Okay, I'll, last question. <laughs> That's, you're doing good so far. Thank you. Okay, is it easy to love or be loved? Oh my god, this is so deep. Is it's it? gone from like, what's your best gig? To, is it easier to what is life? But I like kind of like throwing that curveball. I like it. Okay. Uh, is it? Is it I, it's, a, it's easy to love. It's easy to love. See, that's all I wanted. Uh, <laughs> fine, I'll yeah, go. I'm so like, I'm so confused. I, 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 I think you're, you're the most. Uh, I like it because you you had like a bit of a, like a bit not a, a full breakdown. It's kind of like you you've kind of uh, re- rejected the podcast. It's the very podcast. funny how you go like your questions are like, "What's the worst gig you've done?" or like, "Tell us about your rise to so you think you're funny," and then it's like, "Which comedian do you want to kill on a desert <laughs> island?" That's a quite quite a sharp well, left turn. Well, you know, you just kind of roll with the punches. That's why people love it. You know, I say love it, listen to it. So uh, well. I'm getting a very clear picture in my head of podcast listeners now, and I stand firmly on where I stood at the beginning. Okay, uh, should, we, should we go for a bit more levity and like? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, what is your favourite service station? <laughs> Best question ever. Don't. It's pe- like if it's not Peterborough Services, I don't know what. Like. Uh, what's my favourite service station? It's. Like, don't pretend you to have. Just to clarify, uh, Maisie has looked around the room and everyone's laughed at the question. But no, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm not the weird one here, am I? I How do you segue from is it easier to love or be loved to what's your favourite? Uh, what's your favourite? This is the most pandemonium I've ever had on a podcast. Uh, I'm going to go this south. Is, south South Mims. There we go. See, not hard, is it, Maisie? Yeah. Got a, lo- a lovely KFC. <laughs> you know what? This is a. This I've is never good. taken drugs, but I imagine it's something like this. This, this podcast. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, uh, I hope you're having a nice time. I'm, I, I am. I just I'm confused as to why. That's all. Should we Should we ask more specific questions about your comedy career? I think so. I feel that you've. I haven't really gelled with the question. <laughs> that's that's my fault. I think that's Have my. Have people before me gelled with those questions? Yeah. Really? Yeah, especially the murdery one. But uh, wow. But it's There's more some wrongings out in, there. In all fairness, is in a jovial way. For example, Rick Carranza. Oh, good. It <laughs> jovial. Well, right. I think Rick Carranza had the best one because he said he would um, use someone as like a, a, a raft and use it to escape to safety. Right. I never want to meet that person yeah. in my life. <laughs> well, this. What I, I feel this is a, a, a cracking podcast, but it has the wheels have come off. Uh, okay. Uh, so, um, in terms of your solo show this year, um, in terms of uh, it's called Vague. Yes. Uh, what's your plans to do? Uh, what are your plans with it afterwards? Are you um, just working for the rest of the fringe? Are you planning a tour of any kind? Or? Honestly, I, I the only things that I know yeah. for certain about the show post fringe is it, it's it's doing Harrogate Comedy Festival and it's doing Nottingham Comedy Festival but uh, I have no idea what's going to happen after it I can only hope I'd love to I'd love to take it elsewhere yeah I've worked really hard on it and it's it's I like doing it every day for a month I mean I might have a different question come the 26 yeah, and be like yeah. I'm so sick of it yeah. but I've, I really like doing it and I, I I want it to carry on are you one of these people that get sick of your same material or do you like do you like how you like, uh, is, are you um, feeling quite happy with it 
when it's in when it's in the show, yeah. like our show, I don't get sick of it at all because it's okay. it's constructed in that way. But like, yeah, sometimes if you do the same ten minutes or something, minute, yeah. then I think that can get annoying. But I, I kind of deliberately, if I get booked for like a, a ten, you know, or twenty, mm-hmm. I'll deliberately try and like spruce it up because it does get boring to just do the same. Yeah, I see some comedians who are still doing the same material, like that apparently they've just yeah. done it, and like that's yeah. great if it works. For them, but I I don't know how. But you don't get absolutely sick to the back teeth of doing that set in well, that order. I, I, the way I do it, because I, in all fairness, I do change my material very regularly, but uh, uh, if it's like kind of like if you're doing club stuff and you want to make it, I, I kind of fillet my material in the ways that you can kind of crowd work in there yeah, as well, yeah. so you can kind of, it's relying on other things as yeah. well. Um, so with the show, are uh, you plan to do Fringe next year as well? Or are you I re- hope so, I hope so. I mean... It's it's weird because obviously after I think after this friend fringe is done, that will be I've put all of my best material into this fringe and a load of new stuff and made it about a theme and structured it and and done a you know made it have an arc and stuff. So to suddenly to suddenly write something new will be a, a big challenge. But I I don't see how I can't not be here this time next year. Yeah. Um. So I'd like to think I am. Yeah. But I don't I don't know what I'll talk about. Yeah, so are you scared about that writing challenge? Yeah, definitely, do because I think um, at the moment I write what I know and I've written about me and it's personal, but I think like that's a good step to have as your debut show because you are introducing yourself to the world. You you are, you have to start from scratch. You, you, know, you have to do your material that tells people about yourself, whereas I think maybe my next show I'd like it to be about something a bit broader and yeah. maybe not, not so about me, like... My boyfriend recommended... Have you seen Eliza Schieslinger? No, I I know her. She's got this special on Netflix. Uh, uh, Her show is called Elder Millennial, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing. And it's it's kind of about her, but mainly it's about millennials in general in the wider sense. So you don't have to know her complete backstory to relate to what's going on with what she's talking about. And I'd kind of like to do something a bit like that, I think. Yeah. I so, with a, a theme with a little bit of you a theme, but well. maybe maybe not a. So, my show is uh, the vague is very much about me and my story, mm-hmm. and I'd kind of like. I think maybe my next show I'd like to be uh, still me and like friendly and warm, and people feel like they know me, mm-hmm. but maybe about something a bit bigger and wider. Yeah. Um, so um, one of the questions I do have in here, but I'll kind of tailor it to fit. Is it another scary one? No, no. Okay, it's, it's 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 more, a bit more of a uh, normal question. <laughs> I think I think I've really freaked you out. I do. Have you a, really have. I'm have running I for the doors when this finishes. Oh, I feel really sad. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. I've let you down, maybe. I feel uh, like you're going to take me to an island and kill me. I'm not going to. I'm not. Right. Let's let's just draw a line yeah. under it because yeah. I feel that Happily. our friendship is mm-hmm. been hindered by it. You mm-hmm. know, I said some things. You said some awful things, oh, wow. uh, which I've had to edit out. You I know. don't think stuff I said about podcasts was half as bad as not that bad. You saying what comedian would you like to murder no, on an island? That, I think you've taken that is exactly what he said. Come on, question. Let's do it. No, I don't. Uh, but I mean, like in the same thing. Um, in the same, you mentioned about who you, uh, the person you are on stage. Yeah. Um, is there any difference between that person on stage and the person you are off stage? Because you mentioned about a lot that if you're when you're on stage, you're uh, it's like you're chatting to your friends. So, yeah. No, I, no, there's no difference. I think if anything, I'm more honest on yeah, stage. That's what I mean. Like, um, it, it, what what are the biggest differences? Uh, on stage, I'm confident all the time. Yeah. And honest all the time, and like constantly on. I think in real life, I'm 
I'm quite shy around some people. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, I am that person that tells the funny stories in the pub, yeah. in some of my friendship groups, but in other of them I'm quite shy and reserved and uh, not always honest. Like, I, I, I am one of those people, I'm, I am textbook, like, if someone's like, you all right? I'll be like, yeah, fine. Yeah. Even if I'm not. Whereas on stage, I'm very honest about my feelings, I'm very honest about my experiences. And actually, that's, that was one of the things that pushed me to talk about what I talk about in my show, is that I was not honest about it for a long, long time, uh, a, a, an aspect of my epilepsy. I wasn't honest with me, and I wasn't honest with my family about it. Mm-hmm. So they had no idea. Um, and then even when I told them, because, because it, we hadn't had that conversation ever, like it was still kind of not really believed, and that was frustrating. And I kind of think the only way I can talk about the more sensitive subjects like that, I can talk about anything yeah. really on stage, but the more sensitive subjects, even in day-to-day life, my go-to way is to make it funny. Yeah. I can't talk about something serious yeah. very well. I have to make it funny. So, yeah, why... why I mean, like, do you talk about really, like... Uh, 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 to I haven't seen your show, but in terms of yeah, talk, do you talk about your epilepsy, is it something that um, you struggled to speak about before? Or? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I've had a lot of mates see like the reviews that have come out and been like, I had no idea that you were epileptic. Oh my right? god! Like, no, yeah, no, yeah, nobody really knew at school, um, and then at uni, I mentioned it a little bit, um, but it was never something that because I never had. Really, I, it wasn't ever really obvious. Like I wouldn't have seizures a lot, and they wouldn't. They they were never the ones that I have had haven't really been in front of lots of people. They've been in front of a few small people, mm-hmm. um, and I've then made them sort of swear to secrecy not to tell anybody. So um, it has been quite. It's been quite a bit of a hidden yeah, secret, and I think only in like the last three years, which is when I told my mum and dad about the extent of it. Uh, that's. It's only in the last three years I think that I've been 100% honest with it, and the most honest I am with it is in this show, because I, that's how I can talk. Yeah. I don't like talking. You can hear I like, yeah, I get yeah. now talking about it. I have so to make it funny. What's is is it? Uh, is, yeah. Uh, so what is that thing that kind of holds you back? What's the thing that uh, you can't talk about earnestly? It's a good question. I I don't know. It's it's. I think it's just being vulnerable, isn't it? Yeah. And I, don't, I think a lot of people feel uncomfortable being vulnerable in front of strangers. Yeah. Um, but then it's also arguably harder to be vulnerable in front of those people who have known you as one thing for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, to then, I think that's it as well. Is I was always like that loud group of, in, the, in, the, in the friendship group who was like quite uh, like I was. I was quite loud and quite outgoing and quite uh, excitable all the time, and then suddenly this thing made me—it made me feel quite weak and quite uh, vulnerable mm-hmm. and quite—I didn't—I didn't. I tell you what, I didn't want people always looking out for me. I didn't want people yeah. feeling like they had a duty of care. I didn't want to be that friend to be like, "Oh, we would go out, but like, is Maisie going to be all right? Mm-hmm. About, or yes, will we yeah. be looking after her the whole time?" I didn't want to be like holding them back, and I didn't want to be missing out on anything. Yeah. Um, and that's the main thing with my show is that I didn't acknowledge it because I didn't want to miss out on anything. Um, I guess when you're doing it on stage as well, you're claiming your own voice and you're doing it in your way and that level of control yeah. to say that this yeah, is my like empowerment can, kind of thing. I can control what, what people hear about yeah. it, whereas, if, whereas beforehand it's more what people just say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I am. Um, we probably have to wrap it up relatively soon, but. Um, 
Uh, where can people find you on social media and uh, where's best? Um, I am Maisie Adam Comedy on Facebook. I am <coughs> at Maisie Adam on Twitter and mm-hmm. at Maisie Adam on Instagram. And uh, a thing we'd like to do on the podcast, we'd like to get a live signature because, uh, like, uh, everyone's signature in this book is really interesting, and it has okay. this, most people have an interesting uh, story about it. But uh, so, for a live, live inscription, oh give, give the money shot. Just sign here, yeah. Yeah. On this check for a million pounds. Yes, that's because podcasts make a lot of money. I like that. Uh, most, it's better than most people. Really? Yeah, yeah. Some people just do a squiggle. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, in the previous podcast, I t- chatted to Harry Brain about it, and it was just like just a little uh, squiggle. Oh uh, no, can't yeah. do with that. Why is that? Like, I, I, I think your signature. You should at least be able to tell whose name it is. Yeah. Do you see that letter that was signed um, by the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh yes, to, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. James Gunn and to, to yeah. like basically this, back him and be yeah. like, no, keep him in, and. Uh, was it Chris Pratt's signature? It was just like sit and then just a line. Yeah, yeah. I was like, there's no letter in your yeah. name that can be signified by just a straight line. Yeah. It was like Morse code. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> Awful. Definitely just judge them all on their signatures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a signed poster. Sorry, I'm. I'm no, this is, this, is why, a, this is why it's fine. I, I always when ask When I was a question. kid, I used to be really into running. Yeah. I was really good at running, like cross country and everything. And I, um, I met Kelly Holmes just after she'd won two uh-huh. gold medals at the Olympics and she signed this poster for me um, and her signature is one of the best signatures it's just so neat and so lovely and yeah very nice See, very nice you know what that's, that's her biggest achievement isn't it Can forget the two gold medals she's got a lovely yeah. lovely hand yeah, it's like uh, you may have won a lot of Olympics yeah, she but by wonderfully God. in cursive yeah um, <laughs> see, see I, that's, I think that's um just having your opinion there, it's kind of, I think that really highlights your warmth as well. It's kind of like that. Oh, kind of like, so it's that endearment where like uh, you have opinions, but not not like not like pins on like big stuff, but just those really small, beautiful moments where it's just like, uh, like oh, I can't be dealing with that. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's um, where your strengths are as well. Like uh, where you because uh, I think that's also like symbolic of your anecdotes as well. Yeah, because you can't give those those tidbits of annoyances and yeah. what you like and stuff like that I like the little details in life like that's what, yeah. make, that's what they're, they're always the things you remember do you know what I mean yeah. you don't remember like when you have your, your favourite memories growing up it's, you don't remember the whole day you remember like little smells and yeah. little like yeah. things that somebody said the little, the little details my, my favourite thing is when you get a, uh, I, 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 you get a certain smell and you just it, it takes it you back to yeah, yeah, yeah it's lovely um, I've got a final question for you yeah <laughs> And I, I do want to apologise for the uh, early ones. It's not, uh, not, not, not like anything like that, but it's... Uh, and uh, you, can, you can answer it as uh, how you like, but has comedy improved or made your life worse? Massively improved. Massively. How yeah. so? Uh, it's the only thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. It makes me so, so happy. Uh, I love making people laugh. I even love the shit gigs. I do. Yeah, I even yeah. love... Because they're learning curves. Yeah. And they're funny. They're, sometimes they're so bad they're funny. Uh, and... Again, I might be being a bit naive here and yet to find out, but the experiences I've had so far in the comedy industry is that everybody's been lovely. Everybody's yeah. been really nice, supportive. Um, at least the ones that I surround myself with will raise each other up um, rather than, you know, be competitive and be like, yeah, what's their show doing? I'm better than that. Like, no, everybody's been lovely and I wouldn't want to be part of a, any other circle. God, can you imagine working in like a bloody... I, I don't want to say in case any of your listeners work in these industries, but I, I couldn't work in those 
a desk nine to five every day with the same people. I like the fact that I turn up to gigs, you don't know who's on the lineup, and yeah. then you're like, oh, you're here, man. Like, yeah. How are you doing? I love all of that stuff. I wouldn't change it for the world. No, massively improved. That's the perfect way to finish. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt Hoss. That was Maisie, and thank you to Maisie for coming on to the podcast. It was uh, a pleasure to have you, uh, and it's, it's a shame that there was some background noise and some people coming in. However, I don't think that distracted uh, from the podcast. Uh, in fact, in some elements, I think it added to it. Uh, for example, it's the first ever time I've been heckled during one of my questions. I'm going to replay the audio here. Here's my favourite part. It's when I asked Maisie about the motorway services question, and what happened? Someone walked past in the background, uh, when the bar staff heard, overheard the question and laughed out loud audibly. It sounds like this. <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> like I hope he got fired because uh, uh, it's the first ever time that there's genuine pandemonium where people were like, uh, uh, they were overhearing the podcast, they were getting involved, they were laughing at my questions uh, and I, I, I didn't appreciate that. I, I did not one bit. And uh, Maisie kind of uh, uh, caroused them into doing so. However, again, thank you, Maisie, for coming on to the podcast. You're an excellent uh, uh, interviewee, and I, I enjoyed enjoyed you as a guest. So, uh, as I say, you can follow Maisie online. You can also follow me online. You can follow this podcast, Drunk Compod, on Twitter and Facebook. You can also follow me at matthorsecomedy.com. You can find out all my live dates at matthorsecomedy.com. Uh, uh, did I just say that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, do see me live. It'd be great to uh, have you there in person. If you're a drunk com fan, you can go, hey, don't you do that podcast? I'm like, what? Myths? Uh, no, no, the other one. You have to say that. And like, oh, welcome to the fan club. That, that's how you have to get in. Uh, that's It's a secret catchphrase, which I don't think anyone's going to pick up, but surprise me. It'd be good. Uh, in fact, to be honest, I probably forget that I'll said this. <laughs> so it'll probably more go like, oh, do you run that podcast? And be like, what are you talking about? Uh, no, but please, uh, please come and see me live. I'm doing lots of uh, cool shows in the new year, so if you want to see me do um, lots of interesting things, uh, that'd be great. Uh, I, I'm doing Leicester Comedy Festival, loads of festivals, and uh, I'm doing previews uh, of my new show, Here Comes Your Man, all around the country. It's a show about uh, my feelings in love, uh, and it's it's a really it's a really fun show. I've previewed it in the last month, and it's something I'm genuinely proud of already. I think it's quite strong. Uh, a long way to go in the process, but I think it's going to be a fun show. I really like it. Uh, very personal, but I think that's where the heart is. Um, it's uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, to so do do all that, uh, give this podcast five stars on iTunes. Uh, thank you to the people that have given me um, reviews. Uh, I'll be I'll be. Frankly honest, um, I, with the other podcast myths, uh, uh, I check the ratings quite regularly. However, for this one, I am a little bit laissez-faire uh, towards it. So when I checked it recently, I had lots of incredibly lovely reviews. And what an uh, impact on that made on my day. So thank you if you left uh, any of those lovely comments. Uh, I, uh, genuinely, it's, it's so nice. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, there's also uh, my other podcast called Myths, M-I-F-F-S. Do check that out. Um, it's uh, great. It's coming up to uh, nearly a year of doing that. So um, be a Matt Hoss fan and listen to it all. 
listen to all the Matt Hosts uh, and see me live. Don't ever stop, just be with me forever. Um, which uh, was the other title for uh, Here Comes Your Man, Be With Me Forever. Uh, uh, spoiler alert, she did not. Uh, <laughs> oh, too, too soon. Uh, but anyway, um, I will leave you uh, with this startling fact. Did you know? No, I don't. I don't really. I can't really remember facts off the bottom. I'm really bad in political debates as well because like people are like, oh, where's your facts and figures? It's like I can't remember them. I've got bad memory. Uh, but yeah, I'd be. I hope you have a lovely November, and I'll see you soon. Bye, everyone. Using the diaphragm. Do do, uh, do like a presenter voice for me. Um, Okay, guys, are you listening? We're going to play some dad tunes non-stop until four. That was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's... Scream if you want to go faster. Oh, is that scream for you? Yes, yes. Rewind. Oh, my... Can we be DJs? Yes, Yes, please.